Hello and Merry Christmas to all. All. Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. I don't know what are the other ones that are out that are celebrating Hanukkah. Uh, happy holidays. Happy holy days. Saturnalia. Those of you who are celebrating Saturnalia, um, shout outs to you. I guess to everybody that is celebrating something around this period of time during the year. Happy holy days to you. I had a couple of people in my life that are like, I don't celebrate Christmas because it's a pagan holiday and blah, 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 and the origins and Santa and all this stuff. It's commercial and yada, yada, yada. I, um, yeah, I kind of went through that phase. Um, it, it's only as commercial as you make it. Um, you know, at least for my, for my family, I, I give people money. And then for my kid, I just buy her like a hoodie and socks and like random stuff, like, <laughs> like a sketchbook and just like, just so she has stuff to like kind of open during the holidays, like during Christmas or whatever. Um, but she, we were growing up for a while, her and I, it was just the two of us. I was a single mom for a bit. And, um, when I, whenever we would celebrate Christmas, I made sure that when she opened up the presents, she knew exactly who the fuck it was from. I, I didn't, I never told her that this stuff came from Santa. She never believed in Santa. I did not raise her to believe in Santa because I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. That I was going to give credit for things that I bought with my hard earned money to some old white guy. What the fuck is that? Who, who still teaches? Don't do that to your kids, by the way. You're just like teaching them to lie uh, <laughs> and not to trust you or shit that you say. Yeah. So I never raised her with that stuff. I would always very carefully look her in the eye and I would tell her the truth. First of all, Santa is not real. I know your little friends are going to tell you that Santa brought them this and that, but, and don't spoil their fun. If their parents want to lie to them, that's fine. But Santa is not real. All these little gifts that you saw under the tree that came from me, that came from me, that came from me, that came from me, that came from grandma and grandpa, that came from me. All right. So I was made sure that she knew who it came from, but she never really like was a materialistic kid. Like she never really wanted for anything because I didn't raise her that way. If it was, you know, Christmas, it, would, it was always socks you know, <laughs> crayons, shoes, like stuff that she probably needed for school anyway. <laughs> right. But now you get new stuff, you know, you get new sweaters and new pants and new sneakers, whatever. Cause you know, you probably, she probably wore, wore them out during the school year and that would just replace it. So she, you know, even her list, it was like, I don't know, like some action figures and that's it, maybe some stickers or whatever. And it's all about how you raise your kids. If you raise them to sort of subscribe to this idea of like, you've got to buy so many things, then you know, you kind of reap what you sow. Um, so just bear that in mind, whatever going forward. And, and if you already do that to your kids now and you want to like break away from that, it's okay. It's okay for you to say, Hey guys, you know what? Like as you guys are getting older, I'm going to maybe move away from this and we're going to just start doing kind of smaller, but you know, impactful gifts so that we're not just like blindly consuming and running ourselves crazy and, you know, running up our credit cards and, um, you know, running up our debt really. And just teach your kids so that they don't feel like they have to do the same thing. And they're not mad around Christmas and kind of like hectic and nervous about like, I would go to the mall and I have to buy all these things and and, and all the stress that tends to come with the holiday, which is why a lot of people don't like the holidays. I think if you remove the stress from the holidays and you focus just on the things like just that are important, because my daughter said that to me, she was like, you know, 
my father her father doesn't celebrate christmas um which is fine um but she's like it's not about presents you know it's about spending time with people you love and and sharing memories and i wish that he kind of engaged in that aspect of christmas um rather than focusing on the fact that like because he's like a super christian and so he's focused on the fact that the true origins of it is like a pagan holiday that has sort of kind of become this um misunderstanding right um and and i'm not this is not what this episode is about by the way i'm I'm not even going to touch that at this point in time if you guys are listening to to this podcast for sure you 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 are well aware of what's going on there but that's not what we're going to talk about she just was like i just wish that it was still like he made it about other things and i guess that's why i kind of lightly want to touch about it's okay to see the illusions for what it is it's okay to look around and be like okay you know this 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 you know the mistletoe has pagan origins a tree has pagan origins you know this idea of like the the, the birth of a sun god or whatever like this all has pagan origins and you could table that you can literally table that put that to the side um and maybe you don't want to be involved in the energetic sort of um i guess force to having to having to do with that and you don't have to engage in that way but if you take a step back and sort of divorce yourself from that and just look at this look at it this way the way i choose to look at christmas is this and you don't have to obviously listen you could just deal with this information which you will there's no other time during during our year quote year we all know there's no such thing as a year because we know there's no such thing as time and it's just these arbitrary constructs but i still have to call it a year so you know what the fuck i'm talking about this is a loop we repeat the same cycle over and over again but there's no other time except maybe for halloween but that's kind of different vibe where people kind of are light right like a lot of people aren't working kind of slacking off at work you know you kind of travel you indulge yourself a little bit you watch movies you spend time with your family um you eat together you do exchange gifts and you kind of take the time if done well to like really appreciate your loved ones and that energy that gets generated during christmas i think is beautiful um and it's actually what makes christmas one of my like most favorite times of the year um because once again it's something that is across humanity across the world for the most part most people across the world majority people a lot of people are celebrating the holidays around this time whatever it is that they choose to celebrate and so i there's an energy there the vibe's nice you know and when you get human beings vibrating on a slightly higher level than they tend to vibrate anyway um collectively it to me it speaks of something that there's power there like imagine we could do this but year round, you know, how much better like existence would be in this, on this planet, in this plane, in this dimension. So just, just a reminder of that, you know, everybody's just like greeting each other, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, you know, and there's just this kindness and, you know, exchanging gifts and things like that. It, it just, I, to me, it's beautiful. And I, and I do enjoy the energy of it and the vibe of it. So I choose regardless, despite all I know about it, um, I still choose to enjoy it. I still choose to exchange gifts. I still choose to play music and I will, you know, I put up a little Christmas tree. I got a Christmas tree this year. It's like a $20 pop-up tree. It's like tinsel. It's already like wrapped in a circle. I just didn't feel like going to the garage and doing the whole thing with ornaments. I just got this like, it's literally $20. I think I went on Amazon, typed in pop-up Christmas tree and it took me 20 minutes, like 20 minutes to wrap a light around the stand and then like stick this thing on there. And it's actually pretty. Um, And then I'm just going to, wrap up little gifts and put them on the tree and it's more for my daughter than it is for me 
and then tomorrow morning we'll play music and I will put on the fireplace on YouTube and just kind of have that going turn on the heater when I eat cookies just ate um some walkers cookies they're not gluten-free um but for some reason I know the reason it's not GMO wheat um it doesn't affect my my gut so I was able to eat uh six of those little like the the Walker shortbread cookies, I ate like six of them. I have a problem, honestly, because um, just straight up butter and sugar and carbs, and I don't eat like this normally. Um, but fuck it, why the fuck not? You know what I mean? Life is for a living. I, I think that sometimes we get so sort of stuck on prolonging. I'll get to the weird stuff in a little bit, guys. But <laughs> sometimes we get so stuck on like prolonging our lives and like you know saving for a rainy day or just like wanting to make sure that we live well. We forget that we're we're gonna die. You know, like regardless of what it is, like you're you're gonna die unless somebody comes up with a cure for immortality, which it is probable during our lifetime. But as far as I know, that's not happening yet. So we're gonna we're gonna die, and you know sometimes it's okay to take a take a break, take a pause from being super strict, and just indulge a little bit. I'm not saying like smoke crack or fucking do coke or something like that. I'm just saying like the cookie won't kill you. You know everything in moderation. The eggnog won't hurt. You know, even kissing somebody under the mistletoe, even though you know that it's pagan, it's okay. You know, it's all play anyway. At the end of the day, we know it's all play, right? We're in some sort of simulation. It's all an illusion, right? But we still are here playing. So the little rituals, we might as well enjoy it. You know, it's not really, you know, it's not hurting anybody. So we might as well enjoy it. Um... Another one is uh, the New Year's Happy New Year is coming up next week, and to me, it's always funny that nobody takes a breath. Like, not that many people stop and think, like, how can a New Year start in the middle of the the winter? Because think about it: a year is born in spring, right? So when things come to life, that's birth, right? So winter is the end of a cycle. That's when things die, and then you even see this with your trees. Like, watch, right? As as spring begins, the trees come to life. Again, it's all cycle. You watch the seasons change and that's our lives, which also is a reminder that we loop as well, right? That nothing ever really dies. Things that appear dead will come back to life. And we see that happen with trees and with, with animals and just everything. It's nature. It's a cycle. Everything's a loop, right? So um, something cannot be born in the middle of its death, right? So you can't say that the year is ending and then the new year is beginning January 1st because and the year does not begin until spring. I think the Chinese have it figured out in some other um, Asiatic, Asiatic countries, but we kind of on the West are still kind of a little bit remedial and um, <laughs> we don't make any sense. So, but look, I'm still going to stay up and watch Twilight Zone like I always do. I'm still probably going to go out and have a nice dinner and I'm going to, you know, count down probably or I might go to sleep. I don't know. I'm going to go through the rituals because look, I'm in the game. Might as well. You know what I mean? Might as well. <laughs> just, just go along with it there's certain things in the game that i don't go along with re see the last two years of whatever happened and all that right and we'll leave it at that but there's certain things that i do choose to go along with because it's like why not analogy I use, an analogy i use is when i played like world of warcraft right like every once in a while they would have like essentially christmas in world of warcraft in the game um it's an mmorpg and they would have christmas it has nothing to do with the game's lore Right? I mean, I'm sure they created a backstory, but it's more of a reflection of what's going on in the outside world, right? So it's like a meta reference to our reality, right? And and that's fine, but I still will partake, even though I know, like, this has nothing to do with the game. It has nothing to really do with the lore. And the only reason why we're even doing this 
regardless of what story, what backstories the the writers, the programmers of the game came up with to explain this um this ritual or whatever. Uh, at the end of the day, I know that it's there because of what's happening in our reality. It's just a reflection of what's happening in our reality, which also makes me stop and realize or ask myself, like, what if even <laughs> the things that we're doing in this reality, particularly around Christmas, like we say, oh, it's pagan and things like that. But what if that itself is also a reflection of what's going on outside of our reality? And it just happens and happens over and over and over again, like a fucking Russian doll. Boom, 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 boom. And it's just Christmas all the way to the top. <laughs> it's, it's Christmas all the way down. Um, yeah, shit I like to think about. Anyway, um, so yeah, I you go along with the rituals because why not? You know, there's certain things I won't go along with. All right, you guys know how I feel about the happy birthday song, right? And how you're, pro- you're programming yourself to believe in aging. I, I don't accept that, so I'm not going to, you know, go along with it. I will take gifts, though, <laughs> but I'm not going to sing the song. And if you ask me what I am, I'm not going to respond. Like, I, I've started to actually forget how old this body is supposed to be. Um, it's however old you think I look, because at the end of the day, why does that nominal figure actually matter? You know what I mean? Like I'm an adult, right? I'm a consenting adult and that's all you really need to know. And imagine if we lived in a society where that didn't really matter. So long, like as soon as, obviously until, as soon as you reach 18, right? Uh, then that's it. You just stop counting. Wouldn't that be a cool reality to exist? And then people wouldn't panic and have this fucking number kind of hanging over their head where they feel like they have to do or be a certain way, you know, because, you know, before they reach a certain number, some arbitrary number that has nothing to do with anything. These, you know, these dates that we come up with, it doesn't, it doesn't even make any sense. Here's a, here's a thought. So September, you know, that as a ninth month, right? That's what we're told. Um, October that we're told that that's the, um, was it? It's the tenth month. See, my brain's not—it's not even making any sense. Uh, uh, November—that's known as the ninth month. Uh, am I am I even saying this right? <laughs> no, I'm not. Okay, let me backtrack. Okay, September is the ninth. It's the ninth month. Uh, September, October is the tenth. November is supposed to be the eleventh, and December is the twelfth. See, my brain wasn't even able to get that out because it doesn't make any sense. The reason why it doesn't make any sense is let's go back. We use Latin. Let's use Spanish. Right? Sept. Seven, sept, right? In French, sept, that's seven, okay? Um, I didn't take Spanish, but those of you who speak Spanish, you understand that S-E-P-T, somewhere around there, it's seven, right? Oct, October, octopus, an octopus is called an octopus because octo, ocho, that's eight, right? So September is actually supposed to be the seventh month. October is supposed to be the eighth month. Nueve, November 9, that's supposed to be the ninth month. Deca, December, that's supposed to be the 10th month. January, February are the 11th and 12th months. And then March is where it all starts, which is also why I believe it's Aries is the first, is the first um, sign of the zodiac of the new year. Because March is the first month of the actual year. Right. But they got us all fucked up. It's just these arbitrary fucking numbers. Right. That they just that they just kind of apply. Nobody pauses and goes, like, why does it make this doesn't make any sense? How September nine? It's not it doesn't even it doesn't make any sense. You know? But it's there and we don't really pause, really question anything. Um, until people kind of pull it into the forefront of our consciousness, right? So that's why, you know, you go along 
but you also have to keep in mind like it's divorce yourself from what everybody else is doing and observe right we do not judge we just observe it is what it is so that's my rant about uh new year's and christmas and all of that and you know i mean it doesn't it doesn't take anything away from me to sort of engage in that way um but you know do so consciously now let's move on um real quick let's talk about pushback the pushback effect like normally when i talk about the pushback effect and the lag and the simulation and things like that they're meant to encourage listeners it's it's i'm usually talking to you right just more, more from a from a position of self-help but let's let's take this mindset and apply it to everybody unilaterally across the board including people who want to steer reality to a way that doesn't benefit the public or the masses it benefits a small group of people or parasites or watiko or so-called eh, i'm not going to use the e-word because that's honestly another word right that we use to define we keep calling them that like how i just watched uh the i'm gonna get back on the contact i have notes so i don't get distracted <laughs> a couple of listeners are like you start on this thing and then you switch topics and then you never go back to the point that you're trying to make sorry i'm literally having like a one-sided conversation so uh, i apologize i'm gonna maybe try for the new year to have like more people on the show with me so if i forget something um they kind of put me back on task but there's it's a new movie on netflix it's part of the knives out I guess they're going to start doing a series of it um, with Daniel Craig and he plays a detective. I don't remember the name of the detective, but there was this quote genius, right? Who has everybody onto his island to solve his like murder. But the more you get to watch this guy, the more you realize like, okay, so this like elaborate, he starts off being defined. I hope I'm not spoiling it here. Um, but he starts off being, I'm going to try not to. He starts off being defined as like this insane genius. He's so smart, da, 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 da. But like a lot of the things that they say, like <laughs> where they used to kind of classify him as like super smart, it like doesn't add up, but you kind of go along with it because you're being told, no, this guy is a genius, right? And you expect him to be a genius because everybody keeps calling him a genius. Um, and then like towards the end, you start to realize like, okay, hmm. Maybe things aren't what they seem, right? And I, I don't want to spoil it because the movie just recently came out, but you can watch it if you want to, to kind of know what I mean. And then take that mindset and apply it to what we keep calling these people, the quote unquote elites. Um, stop doing that. They're not. Like look up the definition of the word elite and then look at the fact that the reason why they have been able to control people and control civilization, control society to the way the way that they have been is because majority of society has been conditioned to sleep. There are so much about a history, um, about the history of this continent, about the history of this planet, about the history of cultures and indigenous people that has been largely suppressed, intentionally so. And people have intentionally been kept asleep by however means I, I don't you know I can't really go into detail too much but you know pay attention look around you you can kind of put two and two together and see how you know religion and things like that have kept people asleep and so if you are in charge of a bunch of sleeping people right somehow you've managed to control a ship of sleeping people right and you're steering it in one direction or the other is that really some sort of are you really elite right like I'll say that again if I happen to cross a boat Right. And the boat is like sort of just like going whatever direction the current takes me. Right. And then I look around across the boat and everybody in this boat is asleep. Right. And then I just kind of grab the rudder and then just stare it in this direction and that. Am I a genius? 
no, I just happen to be awake. <laughs> That's it. I just happen to find myself awake. You know, even even like I talk about lucid dreaming quite often. Um, but when I lucid dream, times I've lucid dream, it was never with intention. I just found myself accidentally awake in a dream. Right? Are the, are the people who can train themselves and who have trained themselves to wake up in the dream? Sure, and to consistently lucid dream, of course. But I I I I'm not there, and you know, haven't even really been trying to um actively lately so you know it is what it is but it's not a great accomplishment if i if i say hey i can lose a dream i'm not elite i'm not better than you because i'm a, i can wake up in a dream right even if i did figure out a way to do it consciously it doesn't make me better than you it's just something that i kind of train myself to do All right so we have a small group of people that are staring humanity in a particular direction but the whole system is set up in a way to keep the majority of people who would be conscious asleep i'm not saying everybody's conscious um you know, I still think that there are some, there's a lot of NPCs out there and their function is just to people game the way back background actors are there to people, the background of a show. And then there's main characters and that's okay. Right. That's okay. It took me a long time to get to this point, And at this point I'm unapologetic about it. And it's not to say that everybody that is not, you know, presently conscious will always be unconscious. In fact, I've posited in past episodes that as you shift through you know, as you increase in consciousness, I think you shift to other dimensions where you start encountering more and more conscious versions of people that you've left in previous dimensions, right? So there's levels to this game. I think the more conscious you become, the more you will shift into realities where you're going to be engaging with more conscious versions of people you're presently interacting with. Now, I'll say that again. I think that the more conscious you become, the more you will shift into realities where you meet conscious versions of the people that you're presently interacting with now. Yeah. Okay. So back to my point is that, you know, there are rules in the game. And when I talk about the pushback effect, usually what I, what I, what I do is try to encourage you that listen, sometimes things aren't going your way. You're going to experience some pushback. So anytime you have a stated sort of like desire for something, you want to accomplish something, right? There's a bit of pushback and you just have to kind of persevere. If you quit, then you're never going to achieve or actualize that probable reality where you experience the thing that you're trying to experience. Right now, what I've never done before is actually flip it and, and, and like apply that mindset to the so-called, I'm not going to call you know, the E words, the people who call themselves elites, but they're actually just conscious like you. They just happen to be more aware. Right. And they've been, they've been training themselves to be more lucid within the simulation. If you even, if you even want to give them that much credit, I've posited in previous videos, uh, I'm actually going to post them again here soon that in a video game, most NPCs are actually like most villains are actually controlled by the game. Actually, not most, all villains all bad guys in every video game that you ever play ever is an NPC. All right, all the bosses that you interact with, the final boss, Koopa, all that shit, they're all NPCs. And I think the same thing applies to our reality. Just a theory, just throwing it out there, something to think about, but it just it seems like it fits in any way. Um, but um, I don't know, sometimes um, in some video games you can actually play as Bowser, so... Mm, maybe maybe not could be i want to talk about the pushback effect and how it applies to the i'll call them the parasites or the i don't even know what i want i guess just for the sake of this conversation let's call them elites and just leave it at that you know what i mean um and how the pushback effects applies unilaterally to everyone within the game 
I need you to understand that these quote unquote elites, people are trying to steer reality into a, into a particular reality experience for the collective. They experience a pushback effect as well. They do. That's why it's important for them to go out of their way to convince the rest of us to believe what they believe because they're trying to actualize reality. Just like you're trying to actualize reality. So are they. It's not just, oh, they want to do something and then it's done. They have to convince other conscious players, other conscious subscribers within a simulation to go along with it. And so the way they tend to do is present their beliefs, their desires. They present that shit as though it's inevitable. And if you're not conscious and you're not aware, you're not trained enough, right? You'll go along with it too because they tell you it's, it's inevitable. They speak in this term where they can, they kind of like a hypnotic, right? If I just gaslight you into believing that no matter what, you know, if, no matter what I want, it's going to happen and there's nothing you can do about it. Right, then I can get you to just kind of like throw your hands up and just give up. You're not going to fight me if I can convince you that you fighting me is fruitless. It doesn't matter if that's not true, right? It doesn't matter if I can if I can convince you that any attempt that you make to basically stop me is is fruitless. Resistance is futile. That's why the Borg would say that resistance is futile because they wanted to convince you that it was futile. Right, because that's half the battle. If I can convince you that it's that's inevitable, if I can convince you that metaverse is inevitable, if I can convince you that digital currency is inevitable, if I can convince you that this mass surveillance, big brother society is inevitable, if I can convince you that this is a reality that you absolutely there's only one probable reality and that's our future. This AI fucking over everything, right, and taking over everything and our faces being tracked and, and our lives being you know monitored and we just essentially existing for surveillance capitalism. If I can convince you that all of that, 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 that reality is probable, then I, then I have you. I've won. It's just a matter of just time. That's it. And you could take something from that. Like if you, if you wanted to move in the sense of like a goal that you're trying to accomplish, you can take an arsenal um, out of their toolbox, or you can take a tool out of their arsenal, rather, I don't know why I inverted that there, because um, that's how they move, like, they'll just come out, watch, every ad they come out with, like, like, Metaverse, for example, they'll just keep coming out, and just saying, yeah, it's inevitable, this is future, right, any technology, the future is here, this is going to be, right, Neuralink, this is, this is the next best, next best thing, the next best thing is this, it's inevitable, you just have to adopt a new technology, you have to make your, your phone smart, you have to make your car smart, you have to, you have to, this is for your own convenience, you have to, like, put your, you know, you have to, you have to, like, put your whole entire life into the internet. Give us all your data. Fuck privacy, right? Give up your privacy. It's inevitable. If they can convince you, then they diminish their the effectiveness of them having to actually experience a pushback. It's a matter of convincing you to not push back, to not resist. I was reading a news report about Netflix's attempt to install an ad tier on their like their lower subscription and they're saying that it's not working due to subscription fatigue by consumers right so they thought all right the executives of netflix thought okay we're losing money this is kind of like a simple example but i need you to like take it and extrapolate it to the macro but the executive executive wanted to obviously they want subscribers new subscribers so they had an idea they had a plan 
And the plan was, we will put out an ad tier. And if you pay attention to even the way they talked about it, they talked about it like it was inevitable, right? They said it like it was going to happen. We would put, we will put out an ad tier, an ad supported um, tier for Netflix. And it's like, this is how we're going to get people to come back, get people to sign up, right? It's, we will, you know, offer, I don't even know what the cost of it is, but um, we will offer this and people will, will sign up and it's going to happen. And this is going to bring Netflix back. But they don't know that. They just spoke like in a certain level of certainty because that's what they wanted. And that's how they move, right? If they can convince you that it's inevitable and you will go and sign up. But what happened was that there was a bit of pushback. A lot of us are, are suffering from subscription fatigue. That's what it says. Subscription fatigue by consumers has caused it so that Netflix right now at the very least their ad supported tier has not had a lot of people sign up for it so they had a desire for something right here's a huge corporation who desired the masses to be behave in a particular way but the masses indirectly quote rebelled they didn't engage because not because they were collectively trying to make a conscious stand all right it's just they're fucking tired <laughs> everything comes with a fucking subscription now all right shit's old Right, so it was more of we don't want to do this anymore, rather than a conscious we're not going to do this anymore. But it impacted a corporation, and it changed their, it affected their plan actually, or I should very, I should at the very least, it slowed down their, you know, their desired, you know, reality experience, which was to garner a lot more subscribers at that ad-supported tier. Now they're either going to keep persisting and they're going to keep advertising and they're going to keep basically the purpose of advertising is convincing millions of people that that's the that their reality where millions of people sign up and pay money for their ad supported tiers um is what they want to do all right but that's the purpose of advertising is can convince you to adopt and and view reality in a particular way in a way that they want to see actualized that's it now you take that, that's on a, just a Netflix approach. You look, take that and once again, I keep referencing the age of surveillance capitalism. I've actually been taking my time reading it. Um, I've also been traveling, so I haven't had time to like sit and buckle down and actually like listen. So when I listen to books, I'm painting and that because I haven't been painting, I haven't been able to listen to books or whatever um, simultaneously, but that is, I'm still kind of plugging through the book and actually has helped me that I'm actually slowing and taking my time down. Please read this book. I'm not getting paid to literally not like I, I don't, I don't get paid. Like all the books that I have mentioned to you guys, I'm, I'm literally just telling you guys, because like, these are books that I've, that I've learned from. And people ask me, where do you get all these ideas from? Um, I read, <laughs> you don't have to sit and physically look at a book anymore. I know we don't have the attention spans for it. I certainly do not. I cannot sit and look at a book. I don't have the attention span. That's okay. Right. It's the, I am able to do a bunch of other shit though <laughs> simultaneously. So to me, it's not a disability. It is what it is, but I can listen and I can listen to 3x speed and I can listen to a book three times as fast as the average person can sit and hold a book and I can basically memorize and retain the information and, you know, digest the information because of repeated exposure to the information. That's how my brain works. It's my ADD brain. It works a different way from a neurotypical brain, and that's okay. A neurotypical person can sit and look at look at words on a piece of paper and, and focus, and good for them, you know, and I'm not knocking them, but I'm not going to not read just because I can't sit and focus for a long period of time. I can sit and listen for a long period of time. So can you. You're listening to this podcast. You're listening to this for 
So can you. Go so get go get the puck. Go get the puck. Increase the speed. You know, bump it up to two X speed. You're still gonna be able to take the information. I promise. I promise you your brain will be able to process the information faster than you can sit and actually look at the words on a piece of paper and take the information in. But what I've learned is that the way they operate is they just tell you, they just move like like this shit is inevitable. And then they want to convince you that it's inevitable. And so that's what ads are for. That's what repeated exposure is for. So we, why they keep kind of, that's how they, they want you to, if you can believe that it's possible, if it's not, not even just possible, that it's inevitable, they win. But that tells me that the pushback effect applies unilaterally to everybody within the game, including the so-called elites. That means that whatever plan you see them trying to enact Whatever plan you see them trying to install is not inevitable. Otherwise, they wouldn't be have to, they wouldn't be going through all of these processes with like you know subliminal programming and predictive programming and advertising and you know public relations and propaganda. They wouldn't be going through all these like all of these efforts to convince us that it's inevitable. And they experience pushback too. Think about all these mega corporations that have failed. Think about how many, you know, like even like the, how many wars that the government wanted, but because they needed to convince the general public and because they were, I think the Vietnam War was one, um, but because they weren't, they weren't able to convince the American public of what they wanted to do, they had to back out. And then there were certain other wars that like the United States couldn't get into. Not, I believe the second world was like that where they needed to create like a false flag event to get the general public to finally agree to it before they were able to put their plans into place. You see what I mean here? It's not inevitable. A lot of these things that they put forth, it's not inevitable. Otherwise they wouldn't even, they would just do this shit. So obviously they have to convince us and they time and time again, we've seen it happen. They experienced pushback within the last two years. Think about what happened. There was pushback. There was a lot of pushback. There was a lot of pushback. And as a result, look what's going on now. You're seeing a lot of things kind of turn over. Why do you think that's going on? You see a lot of things getting reversed now. A lot of things getting swept over the table because there was pushback. But of course, there were some other things that were installed because there was no pushback, right? Because people didn't know to push back because it happened so quickly. And they used this threat of like this, like, you know, disease to basically scare people to not pushing back, to not resisting, right? But the fact of the matter is resistance is what essentially is their biggest pushback. We have seen time and time again, that whatever lofty plans or aspirations that they have don't always go through if there's pushback. It's just like when you have a goal and experience resistance, and as a result, you get frustrated and you quit your goals. It's the same thing. In fact, the matter is, if that's the case and that's a law of the reality, then not only are these people essentially just lower tiers of the game, they're not controlling the entire game. They're subject to the same laws as you and I then we can literally use that same law against them. Like, I need you to really sit with the implications of that and think about what that really means. We're not helpless. It's not inevitable. It's just, look at what they do. They try to convince mass amount of people that this is inevitable. So then your job as an individual who's conscious is to do the opposite. 
organize and start effectively, probably one of the most dangerous things I've actually said on this podcast, but, um, and start doing the opposite. What reality do you want to experience? Because honestly, I don't want to live in a reality where there's, you know, there's no cash. You know, you see what we're doing to the crypto market. A couple of people have asked me that. Like, what do you think is going on there? Like, do you think that shit's intentional? Hell, fuck yeah, it's intentional. Nothing, nothing that's technologically driven at this point in our time is unintentional. I just need you to know that. Every news article that you read that was, that didn't, nobody just woke up and wrote that shit. That was like perfectly curated. They wanted you to know that shit. And they wanted you to know it when they wanted you to know it. And they wanted you to know it at a particular point in time. So you think that that's happening in real time. Whereas the information could be old. But they want you to believe that these are things that are possible. Only in this moment in time. And these are things that will be possible in the future. These are technology that they will be able to do in the future. There was an Apple ad I saw today. It was about like, um, it was, it featured a lot of disabled people. And while the idea was sweet, and I loved that, right? I wanted, I, I was forced from reading the book, Age of, <laughs> Age of Surveillance Capitalism, to look at the ad in a different light. Go find the ad. Um, and it shows you what exactly they're capable of. Now, remove the disability aspects of it and look at it as a surveillance capitalism. Uh, and a weapon, a tool that a, a corporation has, what can they actually do with what is being displayed there? Like, watch the ad, go find it, it's on YouTube. Watch the ad and really think. Because convenience, this is going to be a, t- a t-shirt, I think, at some point, con- con- convenience. I'm not saying that they shouldn't develop technology to help these people. I'm saying that these things tend to have a duality to them especially technology. Technology is never just like <laughs> what it seems, right? So if they're if they're saying this is what we're going to use to make the lives of disabled people better, that's great. But these corporations are not like saints. They are not going to they're going to they're they're paying money to run an ad to show you, "Hey, this is what we're doing." Okay, while one hand is doing this, what is their other hand doing? What are they doing with that same tech? I'm not going to speak directly anymore. I remember I told you guys I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say what I need to say. You read between the lines. I, you guys are very incredibly intelligent. I've talked to a lot of you guys, and uh, the general consensus from speaking to a lot of you guys is I don't need to be quite on the nose anymore. You guys get it, and I'm I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful to reach this point in the podcast now where I can just say say what I need to say, and then, you know, know that you guys are picking up what I'm putting down and, and move accordingly. And I hope you guys are reading the books that I'm recommending. I hope you guys are, you know, really thinking outside of the box and thinking in terms of like, government is not our government, corporations are. And move accordingly. All right. Pay no attention to the man. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Right. Right. So they want you to think that it's like the Wicked Witch. Right? The Wicked Witch is like government. So they want you to think it's the Wicked Witch is really in charge. But it's not. It's always been the wizard. And you see what how, what, what was he using? What was the wizard using? Technology. The Wicked Witch was using like archaic like magic, shit like that. And I put out videos that say like magic and, you know, technology are more or less the same thing. Technology is just advanced fucking magic. You got to look at it like that. I know it sounds weird to hear it said like that but you really do need to sit with that and really start looking at technology like that i don't think they're separate i think that technology literally is just advanced fucking magic i don't need a, a fucking broom 
to fly, right? When I can use a jet propeller, it's, it's a lot more safe. And then they're getting better at that. All right, pretty soon here. Um, all right, and, and you don't need a natural ability to do something. I will say this, that technology tends to be like a great equalizer. It applies like evenly across the board. If you can afford the technology, you can afford, you know, what it can do then you don't need to have a natural capability to do something. That's the difference between like magic and technology, right? So there are certain individuals that can communicate telekinetically. Um, all right. Uh, but magic allows you to pick up the phone. <laughs> Anybody across the world can pick up the phone, all right? There are certain people who um, can... I've seen an article. There was an individual who, a young man, I think, who had autism. And there was actually seen an article. And they said that this guy could, like, actually, like, read people's minds. All right. But he had to have the ability to do that. I've seen more than one, actually. Uh, there's another book. I think it was Hallucinations by Oliver Sacks, we talked about. Um, and actually, another book is, um, I think, Limitless Mind. I think by Larry Dorsey, I believe. Um, but in there, they give examples of people with schizophrenia who were able to, like, foresee things and read people's minds as well so the, the capability is there but it is limited to you know just a few individuals whereas technology there's there there i'm not even gonna at this point i don't care how it sounds it is what it is you can go online and search it yourself i've talked about this technology before but they have technology that's like a brain computer interface that allows a machine to read people's thoughts it sounds wild in 2022 but that shit's gonna sound normal as fuck in 2027 i promise you you can come back to this episode and be like shit yeah and and this shit's happening super fast it's not that the tech is being developed that fast so it's like okay think about like my videos how many videos i've just been putting out back to back to back to back on my instagram page and if you didn't know that i had a pre-existing youtube or i'm sorry tiktok channel it would, you would think that I'm like changing my hair this often and like just coming up with these videos back to back every day. There's no, I'm not coming up with these videos back to back every day. What you're seeing is a year and a half worth of videos that I've just sort of like had on TikTok and I've been kind of slowly transferring them. But now that I got into the habit and I'm picking up followers, you're going to see me posting more and more videos, right? But this video, I already had the videos, right? I mean, I add a new video here and there, whatever. Um, and then the old videos, I tweak it a bit, but I already have an arsenal of these videos from TikTok. And I'm just now posting them now to, to build up followers on my Instagram. It's the same thing with the technology. Like all of a sudden everybody's like, why is like everybody just talking about AI? Why is AI dominating everything? And it seems like it's advancing super fast. It's not advancing super fast, bro. Like they've held on to this technology. They're just releasing it super fast now for whatever fucking reason. I don't know. They're trying to push people. It's like for me, the reason why all of a sudden I'm just posting a bunch of videos is because I'm trying to like put out new content. And I want to make sure that my videos from TikTok are completely transferred over, at least by the end of the beginning of this new year, quote new year. And by the beginning of New Year, I mean like by March, not fucking January, okay? Because um, that's when the New Year actually starts. Um, so I, that's where I'm kind of moving towards, right? It's a long-term plan, but I need these videos established as a foundation first before I show the next, the next New York sort of ideas, concepts, whatever. So that's what we're seeing the same thing happen. The reason why you're seeing AI fucking everywhere, it's not because they're like, it's moving that fast. They're holding onto this technology. They've had it for 30 years plus minimum. You don't have to, you don't have to trust me. It just, it is what it is. Go out and find the information. They've had this information. They've had this ability. They've had the technology. They're just now releasing it to the, to the public because that's what they want people to think. This, this shit's new. It's not new. 
And if if we're now getting the shit now, all this like advanced shit that we're seeing popping up, smart this, nano that, AI this, you know, whatever the fuck. You, imagine what we're not even able to conceptualize right now. That's what I keep trying to talk to you guys about with this podcast. It's about getting you guys to really be, be prepared for a future that we're already existing in the future. Excuse me. I had a mango <laughs> before. I've been going 45 minutes. The future is now. The technology is now. Like, you should be watching sci-fi. Like, like that shit's a documentary of the future. I'll say that again. You should be watching sci-fi like it's a documentary of the future. There was a time when we watched, not that long ago, when Black Mirror, you watch that shit, like, oh my god, I can't believe that this thing could possibly happen. And then you go back and watch it again, and you're just like, yeah. <laughs> It's not even shocking anymore. You can see it. And in our lifetime, we're going to see tech like that, technology like that, even more complex than that pop up. Like, buckle up, Dorothy, because Oz is going bye-bye. <laughs> that was a quote from Matrix. Anyway, yeah, just, you you can't, you have to move. Move forward, move forward, move forward. Move your, move your head now. Move your head forward now. You, you cannot, you cannot, be looking side to side anymore. Look ahead. It's here. It is here. The future is here. The future is here. I want to leave you guys with a couple of thoughts. The first thought is, uh, I don't know if I talked about this in the last podcast, but if I didn't, if I did, then I'm going to talk, to it, talk about it again. So when I was in London last, um, my cousin and I and uh, my friend that we traveled with, we were all talking about like, Okay, like everybody was high. <laughs> I should start by saying that. Um, I think I was on mushrooms. My cousin was on weed, and we we're all just talking. We we're watching like old like MTV um, music videos, and I remember seeing like an old video from like the. If I, if you've heard this before, I apologize. Sorry, um, but like I said, it's worth revisiting. But I remember watching an old music video from like the eighties, and like the graphics on there, I was like, holy shit! Like this shit's like super like blurry but i swear to god when i watched it the first time it was sharp like it seemed sharp and then my cousin piped up i definitely did say this before it doesn't matter he piped up it's worth revisiting he popped up and he says something like what if the reason why it seems like blurry to us now but it was sharp in the past is because our reality back then in the 70s and the 80s well i was in the 70s but in like the 80s <laughs> and the 90s that was how actually reality was like reality was all fucking pixelated and the resolution was low. And as we are moving through time, the the technology, the the um the intelligence, the software program behind a simulation is also advancing. And it's also becoming more and more like advanced. And so uh, things are going to become more brighter, more pixelated, more defined. The same way like our TVs have become more brighter, more, more pixelated and more defined high definition. And our bodies itself um, are being sort of upgraded as well as like, like our eyes, like just as cameras are becoming more and more like sharp, our eyes are probably becoming more and more sharp. The resolution of what our eyes can perceive is becoming more and more sharp, unless you wear glasses. <laughs> That's, that was a joke. The latter part was a joke, but you know what I mean? Like, keep that in mind. just want you to keep that in mind keep that in mind i don't know if i should i was gonna do it's gonna be a video too okay you know what i wrote it out i'm gonna read it to you guys um 
It's probably going to be a video as well. So then you get to hear it twice. Repetition is how we learn. That's my notes you hear in the background. I'm going to read this to you. Um, it's about balance. You ready? Here we go. I'll end it with this as you celebrate Christmas. Everything in this world is dual. That's the illusion. Right? Remember I said sometimes you got to go with the illusion. But everything in this world is dual. We live in a paradox. Everything casts a shadow. Everything has a cost. Sometimes the light illuminates and sometimes it burns. And even the darkness that may frighten can also provide shelter and safety from a storm. Even the darkness can provide the right environment for things to grow. Right? Notice you don't plant a seed out in the sun. You have to put it in darkness first. And then out of the darkness, out of struggle, the seed grows. It has to push past the dirt to grow. Right? So the trees that we see now, those are the saplings that, it, that essentially they face adversity. Out of darkness, they emerged to become the trees that we see now. I'm not here to tell you what to think. I'm only here to share with you how I think. To share with you my observations and insights from observing certain patterns in our simulated reality. Look up and observe day and night. Look down and observe shadow and form. The NPCs cannot seem to read between the lines, so avoid direct speech as much as you can. Those who can hear you will do so. Everything costs. Have you noticed the, uh, the more technology someone adopts, the less freedom they have and the less free they become? In fact, some of the most technologically advanced nations on this planet are becoming the least free. When every thought you think can be read, when every word you have can be heard and recorded, analyzed, dissected, and potentially even sold, you eventually and inevitably lose the freedom, if not the ability, to think and speak freely. When technology is presented, when it emerges to direct you where to go, when we traded in maps and reliance on our own memories to navigate our own cities for the convenience of a turn-by-turn -turn direction, we slowly lost our brain's ability to memorize and remember where to go. And the upside of that, the dark side of that, the shadow of that convenience of being able to get turn-by-turn -turn directions is that now we are tracked everywhere we go. Convenience and ease are the Trojan horses used to convince you 
to give up little bits of your freedom. And now, safety is another word, another Trojan horse that is used. I can sell you a wall for your safety, but that wall can easily become a prison. Remember, by design, everything in our reality casts a shadow. If someone is offering you a bright, shiny new toy or tack, ask yourself, what am I giving up to adopt this? What do I have to give up to have this? What is this costing a future version of myself and who or what am I giving up this freedom or skill or ability, natural ability to? Everything costs. You want fame? Do you want everyone to know who you are? Cool. Now everyone knows who you are. You want the ability to buy whatever you want? You want wealth? Great. Now you have the ability to buy whatever you want. Anything. What would that cost you? Money is just paper. That's another deception that it has value. It only represents what you have really given up to attain it, which is your time, which is your desires, which is your comfort. That is what that piece of paper represents. There are two sides to every coin. I have found that it pays to control the balance myself instead of waiting for the simulation to inflict balance on me. If I have feasted, I will then impose a fast on myself. If I have been too comfortable, I will then do things to make myself uncomfortable. If I've been working too hard, I will force myself to rest. And if things between my partner have been too peaceful, I will intentionally pick a fight. If I've consumed too many tasty things, I will, I will consume bitter tinctures and drink bitter teas. I impose the balance myself instead of waiting for the simulation to impose the balance on me. Everything has a cost. So either you pay the cost or the cost will be imposed upon you. Balance will be imposed upon you and your life by the game itself. Everything is dual. Nothing, by definition, in this world can be all one thing. It's a dual reality. We take that a step further, understand that nothing in this world is perfect. It cannot be perfect. This is the illusion of duality. Is is reign supreme. The illusion of duality reigns supreme. So stop striving for perfection. Accept little bits of quote imperfections in yourself, 
in your life, in the things you create, and in the people that you interact with. No event is all good or all bad. Seek its inverse always. And speaking of the people you interact with, note that these are dual creatures as well. No one that seems all good is, and no one that seems all bad is. Force yourself to see and accept both their shadow and their light aspects simultaneously. This is a reality of duality imposed. Move accordingly. So that was a series of sort of random thoughts kind of strewn together that I had. I wrote them down. Um, Should I expand on those? Sure, why not? Having a bit of technical difficulties there. Um, So I meant to expand. I actually did. I spent the last 15 minutes kind of expanding on every point that I mentioned in the last like five minutes reading the excerpts from the book. And then it crashed and did not save. And so I'm going to try to recollect some big ideas that I had that kind of came towards me um, as I was sort of going point by point by point. I think the biggest one, the the one big idea was um, I, I drew a comparison between snakes and um, for whatever reason, I don't remember right now, maybe it'll come to me, between snakes and technology. I don't know why. Um, but I did say, like, for example, did you notice that... Um, so Apple is obviously based on the story of Apple uh, and uh, the Apple and Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, right? With the bite taken out of, and it was a snake that tempted Eve, right? And then I um, also mentioned androids, right? They're still like, they're green, right? It's an android, whatever, but it's green, right? So there's something sort of like reptilian or reptile uh, about that sort of feeling. And then I, I talked about like the Uroboros, uh, and a snake essentially eating its own tail. And what I said was like, okay, could there be a super intelligence that is like staring the collective, the quote elites as well? Because remember, we talk about determinism um, and free will being an illusion. So even the quote so-called elites, I got to figure out what else to call them, parasites? I don't know. Um, that seem to be like sort of moving or trying to move direct, um reality in a particular direction they could just be pawns in some other game i talked about how um what we think we're technologically capable of by we i mean like us as a society and even like the people like you know scientists that kind of work in, in on dark projects what they're capable of um the 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 ideas that we get exposed to, the technology we get exposed to are 20, 30 years behind, right? Um, And I just feel like, is there sort of a greater collective, a greater idea? Is there a greater power that's moving the collective collective down a particular path or actualize a particular reality experience um, where something is manifesting itself, right? And something is creating itself, sort of using us to create itself, um, I don't know why I even brought that up, but gosh, I wish I would have saved that because it was actually, there's a lot of good points that kind of brought up on there, but that's okay. It wasn't meant to be, and that's all right. Um, but I think I talked about how, like, if we had gone back in the past and 20, 20 years ago and somebody would have told us, listen, 
the the social media you're going to become addicted to right because i think that was what i talked about um and this is repeating i apologize but i remember there was a time when you used to be able to memorize a phone number like you knew everybody's phone number and then the phones came out right and then you could save the phone number the moment you realized you could save a phone number onto your contact list the moment you stopped memorizing people's phone numbers and the moment you stopped memorizing people's phone numbers for the convenience of being able to save them on the contact list is the moment you lost the ability to memorize people's phone number the same thing is the moment you adopted a technology where you can swipe and swipe and swipe and swipe and swipe, right? The moment you adopted that as a form of communication and also a form of entertainment, you basically lost the ability to sit and focus on books, on anything for a long period of time. You gave up one thing for another. You gave up one thing for another. So going forward, understand that anything that's presented to you as a convenience or as a means for safety, it will require you to give up something. So you have to ask yourself, what am I willing to give up? Right now, the biggest thing is privacy, but it's not privacy. It's sovereignty. They, privacy is, is the, is the, is the apple that you, that's being handed to you, but essentially the, the side effects of eating the apple is what comes with that. It's the, it's the loss of sovereignty and the ability to make conscious choices. Like you're getting further and further ingratiated into the game. Like just as we're waking up into the nature of our reality, which I've been saying, I've kind of just been moving. Like we're just awake in a lucid dream. I'm just lucid dreaming now. But once you kind of wake up from that, don't allow somebody else, somebody to suck you into another level of the game, right? Because it's one thing to be like, okay, I'm going to work on being non-reactive, right? It's another thing to live in a world, give it about five to seven years, where you're going to be sitting, minding your own business, and things are just going to pop into your head. I don't remember if I mentioned it in the recording or not, but the technology right, to read people's minds exists now for computers. It's called a brain-computer interface. It's out there. I think DARPA developed it like 10 years ago now. It's there. But the thing is, if I can read your mind, right, everything costs, right, it's a window. So if you can see into my mind, right, and if my mind can show you what's in it, you can put things in my mind. Is there going to come a time where literally you will be sitting and an idea will be implanted into your head to buy a product. And will we as a society exist for five, 10 years, not knowing that that technology is possible while it's being used on us because there's no laws against it because the individuals, the people who are in charge of making laws against it are like literally so archaic the technology, our government is so archaic, they're still reacting to laws from like 20, 30 years ago that it doesn't even fix their mind because a lot of these people are also very close-minded and also very old. They don't even, they're not even open to the fact that such a thing could be possible. And so there's nothing stopping a technological company or corporation from developing a comp- like a product like that that will literally impose ideas into your minds. We already, ta- we already talked about intrusive thoughts and invasive thoughts on a macro, le- on a micro level. We don't even know where our thoughts come from. But they do happen to us. 
there's nothing stopping a corporation from being able to implant ideas into a person's head until there are consequences, which is essentially breaking the law. There is no law against them being able to do that because up until a certain moment in history, which is now the ability to do that was not even thought of conceptualized, let alone like conceptualized, like that it could exist. So if there's no law against it and nobody's going to face any consequences, i.e. jail time for breaking said law, then a company or corporation can impose such a technology on the general public with impunity, with no consequences. The consequences will come after the fact once it becomes general public and it will take somebody like a whistleblower to come out and be like, actually, this is what they're fucking doing. But at that point in time, a company or corporation will be able to have moved accordingly for five years, five to 10 years, imposing their technology on people unrestrained until after the fact when people start to realize what's going on. And then when people realize what's going on, they're not even going to realize it on a macro level. That's what's already happening now. You know, like they've shown pictures. I used to do this. I used to put a camera, right? Uh, a stick right in front of my front camera. And then people would say like, that's crazy to do that. Why would you do that? Do you think somebody's watching you? And it sounds crazy and paranoid. And then they showed a picture of Mark Zuckerberg and his phone had a camera, a sticker over his camera. So is he crazy or does he know what his company or his corporation is capable of doing? The technology exists. And why would they want to take pictures of your, of your eyes? They're, not, they're trying to monitor. So they know what you're looking at. And if you're looking at something, then your pupils will dilate. And that shows whether or not you're interested in that. You can't control what the fuck your pupils dilate to. But somebody else knows what you, a company, a corporation that wants to sell you shit. So that you essentially end up just working to buy shit. Working to buy shit. Money is their end game. Money and power, that's the end game. If you don't know what's causing your pupils to fucking dilate, you barely know what you look like. You don't have a mirror. <laughs> if you don't know what's causing your pupil to dilate, and I do, I have power over you. Knowledge is power. It's not about privacy anymore. That's done. Right? Privacy was okay, this is a violation of privacy. And they, they, they sent out the NPCs to go out and bots and say stupid shit like, Well, I have nothing to hide. So nothing to hide, you shouldn't be worried about privacy. You have nothing to hide, you should be, you know, worried about companies listening to your phone calls and and your conversations. All right. They that and they made the general public think that it was just that simple. It was that like harmless but it's not all right they're like chronicling people they've they've categorized people in different groups personalities more compliant versus you know this person is like uh, uh, agreeable versus aggressive versus paranoid all right so if you're an agreeable person then you are subject to more targeted ads and more manipulation and we're talking about what they're slowly sort of acclimating us to right now. We're not talking about what they're going to release or unleash in the future. Now, 
convenient, convenience and safety are the Trojan horses used to convince you to give up little bits of your freedom. All right. Once again, I think I think I said this already, but there was a time when you used to be able to like memorize phone numbers, and now you can't because you gave up that ability for the convenience of storing phone numbers. There was a time when you used to be able to just know where you're going. Somebody would write it out for for you on a piece of paper, and you just know what to look for. And now you don't even have to look for landmarks. You just there's a thing on your phone that's gonna tell you where you're going at all times. It's not even just that. It gets worse because like just as a pedestrian. You're not looking for for landmarks because your phone will tell you where you parked your car and where you're going to. So you're just walking, right? As long as you have this phone, you're safe. But that's diminishing your your survival fucking instinct because you should be able to know your bearings. But if you have a phone that's telling you this is where you're going and this is how you get there, then boom, you turn that off. You turn that off, you stop using that, you lose it. What are you giving up for convenience? Everything costs. Everything costs. And I'm not, it's not to say that the people who are doing this are doing it with, with intention, like I said. It feels as if something else is going on. Because, hey, they're just a subject to the pushback effect, like I said, as we are. So if they're subject to rules of the game, then they're not the rulers of the game. I, I heard this from Thomas Shelby in Peaky Blinders. He said, those who make the laws are not subject to it. So we're focused on the quote, so-called elites, but they have to follow laws. They might be ahead of the law, but eventually they have to follow the law. They're just kind of hacking things a bit, right? And then patches kind of come through right, to kind of fix what they're doing. So they're kind of hackers in a way. They're hacking our reality and pushing things forward before the law can kind of catch up to them or whatever. But they still have to follow the law. They still have to deal with pushback, right? They still have to convince the masses to go along with their plan. So if they are not the ones who make the law, then who is? We're not... Even goes back to say, even the so-called quote elites are subject to fate, or what we call fate, determinism. No free will. They're just reacting to, which is giving more and more, like we're in some very elaborate video game, if we're being completely honest. Another thing that I'm changing subjects my husband um I talked to him about pick and fights I want to explain that uh, a bit once again I said like we do it I do it consciously not we because he 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 doesn't <laughs> but I do uh, I do it consciously because it's about balance now, I don't remember which part got deleted or not so I'm repeating because it is important um I don't know if it got taken out but balance is key I think the analogy I used last time if I if it did go through, was with drugs, right? You take mushrooms, you get too high, you're gonna feel it the next day, it's gonna drop. So the key is to stay balanced. I think analogy, another analogy I used was weather, right? There's some parts of the country that experience extreme weather, right? But I think because they experience one extreme, then the inverse has to happen. 
the key is to stay like Southern California. Just stay right around 60, 75, right? <laughs> Every once in a while, you're going to get like a couple days of 80. Every once in a while, you're going to get a couple of days of 40, 50. But for the most part, stay even. If you can. Because it th- that's another law of the game. It needs balance. It forces balance, right? And so... If I'm, if I'm peak too high, I will force balance. If I eat too many sweets, like I said, I will make myself eat bitters. You can't just eat sweets all the time. Obviously, you see what happens. Your body gets sick and now you can't have a lot of sweets, right? So boom, it, it forces it. The system will force the balance on you if you don't force it on yourself. You can't be comfortable all the time. The system will force balance on you. If you don't balance it yourself, there's something the Stoics actually sort of danced around with a bit. You know, they would intentionally sort of put themselves through tough situations, even if their lives are good, just to remind themselves that at any point in time, shit can go south, but they would do it intentionally. And um, the Kabbalion talked about this a bit as well, about staying centered. Not too high, not too low, staying centered. And if you go high, it's okay to allow yourself to go high, but understand that the drop's going to come. So when the drop happens, that's another thing too, that helps me stay conscious. That if my husband and I are having like really good conversation, we're getting along really well. And then all of a sudden things like, we're like butting heads and like misunderstanding each other in the midst of that, if I can't control my ego, if I can't control my avatar, if I can't stay present while we're going through that. At the back of my mind, I can remind myself that, okay, I'm just, this is a system trying to like balance things and I'm just going to like lay low, disconnect as much as possible, but understand that this part will also pass through. And then I remind myself that what I think is thinking isn't thinking. It's just listening to a voice in my head. Talk shit. Okay. I don't think I'll be able to recall what else I recorded. I think the biggest thing that kind of stuck with me is this concept of something is creating itself. Something seems to be using certain aspects, certain players in our in our game, in the simulation, to bring something forward. And it could all be predetermined or it could be something else. Right now, the simulation theory is the best theory that works but there could be something else going on that we're not even seeing because we're not technologically advanced or spiritually advanced or whatever word you want to use enough, right? Psychically advanced enough to see what is actually going on. So right now we operate from the space that we can operate from until we get more insight. But in the meantime, you know, get in where you fit in. Stop expecting perfection. Oh, this one like last note actually for creatives is something I've had to learn to do and I'm looking forward to more creating more in the future. Um, especially for videos, I would like try to make everything perfect. And then I realized another law of this reality is that perfection does not exist. Nothing is all one thing at all. Nothing is all one thing at all. Even shadow has a bit of form to it. And even form has a bit of shadow to it, right? They say that we're not really physical because you never really touch anything nothing's actually solid when you touch something it's actually the electrons pushing against each other it's a repulsion that creates the illusion of solidity so we exist in an absolute paradox and maybe we realize what that means but we absolutely do this is this is a paradox that we have found ourselves in and it's everywhere um 
So absolutely keep that in mind. I just lost my train of thought. Hmm. Dang it. Oh, well, it was important, but maybe it wasn't meant to be listened to or heard at this moment in time. Um. But yeah. Stay balanced. Ah, perfection. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I, there's something I've learned recently during the creative process. I'm looking forward to see um, how I create next year. Is that certain mistakes, quote, will find themselves into any given creative process. And what I used to do was hyperfixate on something that I was creating. The moment it would become what I thought was imperfect, I would try to fix the imperfection to make it perfect. And I realized that it doesn't exist. Like, the, per the imperfections find a way, finds their way. They're there. They're supposed to be there in order for them to exist. Part of why something can exist is the imperfection. Right? Like right now I've got like a huge sit on my face and I'm not sweating it. Like that's okay, cool. If that's the, if that's the imperfection that I have to experience to have the face that I have or the body that I have or the health that I have, then so be it. You know, I think sometimes it's your rush to like attain this level of perfection that then causes it to swing the opposite way. Now you're, you know, it's mostly perfect for the most part. You are like a little bit of imperfection. I'd rather have that balance than to be mostly imperfect with a little bit of perfect. Choose. Because sometimes people are close to perfect. And if you are an average person, you literally are as close to perfect. I mean, that's that's average and that's a good thing. You're mostly perfect. Just the way you are. F fuck all the noise. Fuck all the bullshit. Fuck all the stuff we're programmed with. You are, by definition, perfect. As perfect as you, as you can be in this reality. Look around you. Nothing is perfect. But it could be, you know, 95% perfect with 5% imperfection. Or... 5% perfect with 95% imperfection or like mixes in between get in where you fit in and try to stay on the more of a, the positive aspects of that and don't try to do too much because we've all seen people who have looked like you know physically perfect and they just keep going and keep going and going for this perfect idea right with plastic surgery and whatever they're pushing something and then they 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 crash they they corrupt themselves now, if they just operate from the premise that the, like what you're aspiring for, what you're hoping to achieve, is not possible in this reality. Get as close to it as you possibly can, but understand that the flaws are there. They are like ants in a in a foundation and soil. Like they they're there. That's their they're just there. You're they're not even just ignore it and focus on the bigger picture, right? Having ants here and there or insects here and there, you know, in in your ground. Your foundation doesn't mean anything. And it would be overkill to be like, I'm going to spray all of these insectus, you know, killer before I lay down the foundation. But then the consequences of that is that you could potentially harm people who live in the building. Kind of a wonky example, but you get what I'm trying to say. That has been very helpful for me. The same thing with people. I now know consciously that every person I interact with is like... Tyler <laughs> on Wednesday but like before the last episode I didn't like the last episode um I'm talking about Wednesday Wednesday Adams on Netflix you haven't go see it yet you should see it this is really good and I might probably watch it again 
Um, but everybody's got their monster. So if you're interacting with somebody and you're like, oh my God, this person is like super nice. Yeah, they got their, they have their monster, right? And sometimes a person is like completely monstrous, but then they have the good side. And like I said earlier, just try to find, try to seek the inverse. Try to look to see the beauty in them. I'm not saying you go interact with them, but understand that a, a nice person can't be nice all the time. Don't fall for that. And the same thing, if you consider yourself a nice person, you don't have to be nice all the time. It's okay to have a shadow. All right. I think I got the gist of it for the most part. It's a shame that that other part did not record, but it is what it is. Um, look out for another episode in the, last, the next couple of days. We're going to be just busting these out as uh, best as I possibly can, um, leading up to the fake new year. <laughs> and, um, you know, if I have not said this before, I probably have, but it bears repeating. I am grateful for every single one of you guys that take the time to listen to the podcast on a weekly basis. Um, I'm grateful for you. I'm thankful for you. I love connecting with you. Thank you for supporting the channel. Thank you for listening. Thanks for reaching out. All of the above. Um, I do wish you all the things, the actualization of all the good things that you desire without too much of caveat. And, <laughs> and don't eat too much. You know, balance it out. And enjoy yourself. Because you know what? We're going to die. You know, our bodies will experience death. Right? And sometimes we spend so much time trying to like preserve, you know, our lives that we don't enjoy it. We don't just sit and enjoy it. You know, I've talked to a couple of people that are like trying to relax and they're like, I feel weird. Like I'm bored. Be bored. Like they feel like... Like a friend of mine has been sick. He's got food poisoning. And he was like, I feel like wasteful. Like I'm not like, like I'm not like in the gym. And I'm like, dude, just relax. You know, I think the reason why you're sick now is because you're going hard and you need rest. This is the 5% of rest, you know, that has been forced on you by the, because of the 95% of you going hard. If you don't impose the balance the system will you know so for those of you who go hard when it's time for you to enjoy yourself please enjoy yourself enjoy your friends enjoy your food enjoy your fun your family enjoy your fun because life throws curves ball curve balls enough enough curve balls that if you are in the right mental space the right physical space you're healthy you have funds to, you know, travel and you've always wanted to take that trip and you're saving for a rainy day. It, that's fine. But maybe, maybe go. I'm going to London again next month, by the way. <laughs> Just have a desire to, so I'm going to go. Will I be able always to, to do this? I don't know. Will I be able always to talk to you guys? I don't know. I certainly hope so. But while I can, I will. And I'm going to enjoy the fuck out of it. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Seasons. Greetings. <laughs>